0: Welcome back to the Level Up Grappling Podcast, the official podcast of PCI Jiu-Jitsu down here in Mission Viejo, California. I am your host, Ed, along with my co-host, Coach Brian, and today's guest is a UFC veteran, a WEC veteran, an elite XC, Shuto, king of the cage, and ADCC trials champion. He is a fourth degree black belt in Jiu-Jitsu, if I'm not mistaken at this point in time, um, at least according to the website, really? <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, we've got master javier vasquez on our show thanks for coming on to the show sir
1: thank you guys all right
0: well i know that coach coach knows you and i'll be honest i i I, i've heard of you through actually through the king of the cage stuff because my old coach used to fight in that and um obviously the ufc stuff so but really appreciate you making time to be on our show today um just looking forward to having this conversation about jujitsu and grappling with you so
2: (laughs) ed you keep freezing but we'll walk walk through your uh, your freezing place. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: what kind of
1: internet you
0: got over there? You know, I'm in Orange County. I'm supposed to have really good internet, so I'm not sure what's going on here. I'm paying for the gigabyte stuff, so this is strange. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it looks
0: like we're on AOL. <laughs> oh man, I remember those days when the CDs used to come in the mail. <laughs> So,
2: so here, so I want to start like this. I, so I, over the weekend, I was at the Gracie university black belt exchange and Javier was there. So it was four hours. It was, I don't know, well over a hundred black belts there. Um, and everybody was kind of like, you know, in these groups, different groups, exchanging knowledge and techniques and ideas. And so Usually anytime I go to any seminar, stuff like this, I always have a high degree of skepticism because for me, if it doesn't work for fighting, it doesn't work. And I'm not a fan of sport jujitsu, as you all know. Um, the highlight of the day for me, and I literally could have left right after, was being in Javier's group. Uh, he was talking about some guard stuff and, and his little, the discussions we were having. It was so brilliant and so simple and so effective it literally put a smile on my face from ear to ear because I was like, this is what matters. This is what works. And let's just pack it all in now and go home because we got it. The, the, the people that were for us that was in that group, it was me, he man, Javier and Brian Peterson from Peterson grapplers. Um, and so it was, it was really nice because we were just focused on this stuff and everything Javier said was so So brilliantly done! It was so simple, so articulate, and I was just like, "You have when when you're at a particular level when you get a holy shit moment." That's just what makes everything so worth it to have those holy shit moments because you don't get a lot of them. And so I'm still glowing. I'm still bathing (laughs) in the glow of
1: this little section on Sunday.
2: So thank you. I
1: call that I call that the hook pass. Remember, I posted. If you go back on my Instagram, I posted it on one of the two, either my personal or um or or the Academy, JV Jiu Jitsu. And I put what, what did I put? Hook sweep to unattainable angle. I put those two things with the with the blue line, which signifies the central path. Yep. And um I'm like I don't think you guys understand the significance of what this means right now but it's going to change everything. Oh, yeah. And I just kind of sometimes what I've learned in in putting everything together all the artwork for 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 my project here um simplicity has there's a there's a level of um some people say genius and simplicity. Mm-hmm. The, that's why Alio was so Renowned, right? Because he made things so simple, mm. right? And um, I try to make my presentations and stuff very simple. And it's the profoundness of the simpleness that blows people away. People have to understand the problems in jujitsu, yeah, and they are only dealing with the symptoms, not the root causes of the problems. Mm-hmm. So, when you start to understand what the root causes are, that's why I told you I'm a little bit ahead. Oh, yeah. People are still thinking in a particular way. If the legacy I'm going to leave in jujitsu is, I'm going to change it forever because I'm going to change the way people think about the problems. That's my legacy. I love that. So, um, I think, of course, drafting off of Alio and his mindset and all that, you know, I've worked with Elon and Henna for years, you know, I mean, we're basically family, right? So um, um, I've seen them grow and evolve as as human beings as well. And, and, and the simplicity. And and like I said, um, we're we're all going to end up understanding the same things. We're all going to, we're all going to end up in the same place. What you guys don't realize is, where you guys experience things right now. I was years ago, three, four years ago. And I'm telling you that thinking in this way, the longer you think in this way, it's like you start to understand what I call universal truths. There's universal truths. Mm-hmm. There's things that are undisputed in Jiu yeah. but people just never sat there and just kind of wrote, what, what is a universal truth? What does that even mean? <laughs> Control the hands. You control a lot of what's going on. 99% of all your problems, they're using their hands. If they can't use their hands, because I'm controlling their hands, from everywhere. From everywhere. It changes everything. When you understand the root problems of how to pass the guard, (laughs) there is no guard. It's an illusion. The guard is an illusion. Either... They're able to stop me from controlling your knee or you are not able to stop me from controlling your knees. But we're fighting for that fight because I am choosing the battle. Mm -hmm. And I am better at winning that particular battle than you are. And I know how you're going to counter. And I've already generated, I'm doing what I call generating a timeline of events. A very solid point-by-point route to get to the next best place. Jiu-jitsu is all about getting to the next best place and always fighting from a place of comfort. The second that you start feeling uncomfortable, you start to tense up and your mind shifts from present to reactive. Now we went from yellow energy exertion to orange. orange. If I keep you in that state long enough, we transition from orange into red. Red is from reactive to panic. So if I'm able to control your mind and shift your mind from present to panic, anybody, because either I will be able to control the tension or I will not, I will assure you that I'm going to make it very hard for them to control tension. At the very least. At the very least. And... In order to kind of apply these kinds of concepts, in order to really take advantage of jiu-jitsu's power, you must eliminate points and you must eliminate time. Mm. When we roll, we're just going to roll. I'm not going to put a timer. If you ever come here and roll with me, there's no timer. There's no timer. We roll until somebody taps. Oh, we got to go. <laughs> oh, we got to go. We got to go. I got to go. I can't go anymore. Yeah. I got to go. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is a way of thinking. People go, oh, my God. People get scared. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to do with it. Because they don't know how to manage their energy. They're sprinting. They're going 100%. That is the one way people do things. Step by step. Drill, drill, drill. drill speed, speed, speed. Over, and over. Yes, you have to be in better shape. Yes, in order to apply that kind of a game plan and a strategy, you have to be in great shape. I don't have to be in great shape Mm -hmm. because my strategy, I'm fighting very specific battles, the root battles. I am only fighting root battles. Either I will win them or I will lose them, but those are the battles that I'm fighting. Mm -hmm. And that is what, because of those battles, that is where the timeline begins. And because I understand the reactions and behaviors that you're going to generate, I'm two steps ahead. And ultimately, it becomes indefinite. I will control you on a moment by moment basis based on the given opportunities that you present before me, all of which are going to lead to submission, point by point, step by step. It's like a, it's like a and once you understand how to learn that, how to learn the, the patterns and movement, I'll go like this poof, hands come to me. Poof, I go like this, poof, feet come to me. It's like you're in the matrix. It's like the matrix. There is no... There is is no spoon. (laughs) There is no spoon. It's crazy. There are no... There's one way to do things. There's one way to properly do things from each specific configuration. At the very least, we're fighting in a way that we win far more than we lose. Hmm. Absolute advantage. If I fight from absolute advantage... 80% of the time, plus, well, not 80 plus, but I would say at least 80% of the time, I'm going to win that battle. So I'm pretty confident in that battle. Let's say you win the battle. It's very easy for me to reset and re-enter the battle. So what starts happening is if I can start to generate battles where I know I work less than you, you rev at seven, I rev at three, and I can keep that battle going on for five minutes, who's going to be more tired? Yeah. Who's going to be more frustrated? Who's going to be more emotional? And who, who's going to be more prone to making bad mistakes? And remember, we're not just talking emotion fight. We are talking a fight from the top and from the bottom where there is a constant tension. That tension, you're tensing. You can't relax because if you relax, the guy adjusts, the guy gets out, the guy moves. So the guy is forcing you to maintain tension. For five minutes, and he's framing, chilling, and you're, and he's framing. Each other of course, time now becomes a weapon. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. You got to truly understand the power of jujitsu. You've got to stop with the timer. You just got to roll. Now we roll here six minutes just so we can get some different bodies. But in reality, when I roll, because I'm at a level right now, I, I don't. I, I can do whatever I want, right? So, I prefer no time. Because that will truly give me a sense of what your pace of, you know, your work rate and pace will be. Eventually, we sl- slow to our particular comfortable pacing, and eventually we settle. There's no scrambling. I mean, you can scramble for a little bit, but eventually, you're going to settle. And the settling is particular configurations that I know the exact point by point, frame by frame. It's like I slow mo it. I played the simulation over, over so many people, and I've downloaded the data and behavior on so many people. I started to realize it's tough. Fighting hands is is, is understanding from what quadrant are we working from. Mm-hmm. And then once you understand what quadrants are green and what quadrants are red, green meaning I'm going to win this battle 95% of the time. Red meaning I'm going to lose this battle less than 50 I can still make it close. I can still win it a lot. I can still make it as hard as possible. But because of the because I'm fighting from a position of absolute disadvantage, or or you know, it's just the the configuration just doesn't suit me. Um, you're gonna lose. I mean, you can still make it hard. You get lucky, you get out. You know, but but uh, time over time over time, you're gonna lose more than that battle than you win. So we try to avoid those quadrants, right? You want to fight from quadrants, where you're gonna lose a lot of the time. Yeah. So. Um, this is a way of thinking. I love it. So, so when I'm teaching, so I'm not teaching you moves, I'm teaching you common sense. I say I teach common sense, not common knowledge.
2: Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. (laughs) So this project that you're working on, you've got a lot of stuff going on and I really kind of want to unwrap this, this project that you're working on is, it's quite a heavy lift you know because what th- <laughs> what literally if you think about the the amount that you're trying to contribute to the grappling community is literally reframing the entire foundational understanding of how people engage and move so i'm
1: going to it's god put me here for a reason god saved me for a reason yeah.
2: so what do you um what's the timeline to get all this um, unveiled? Cause I know you've got a
1: lot here. The the project is massive. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of a scale are we working on? I mean, do you want me to just kind of go through the scale? Yeah, of, Go through the scale. Tell,
2: tell us like, you know, cause I know you, you have your stuff that you're going okay. on at your academy, but, Obviously, there's so much that other people—not everybody's going to have access to your academy, right? It's, so,
1: I mean, this is it's, this is going to take me a second. So, I'm going okay. to try to try to do this as best I can, just from memory. I've had to, I've got it all charted out yeah. in, in presentations and such. My, which my YouTube channel go to. This is how I'm going to tell the story, and the way I'm trying to present it. My YouTube channel. I started putting out lectures. I call them Master Plan Lecture lecture Series. Um, And they're lectures on why I'm doing what I'm doing. So episode one explains how I learned jujitsu, which is the basic, you know, you come in, you learn whatever move from whatever position, 15, 20 minutes, you do a 20-minute warm-up, and then you spar for, you know, two, three rounds, and the class is over. Then uh, the next class, you get a different instructor, and then, and then um, you learn moves from somewhere else that have nothing correlation. So, so you start kind of learning all these moves all over the place. Then, through time and your work, your work, not the curriculum itself, you have to figure this out. How to group things together. How to figure out what works best. How to... Um, com- uh, uh, piece together a complete game, have to come up with a strategy, and then hope for the best. Right. <laughs> that's how, that's how you do yeah. it. How else are you going to do That's how, that's how I learned jujitsu. Jitsu. Right. So now we have the next phase, like the next 15, 10, 15 years. People are putting together curriculums. For specific applications, basics, you know, white to blue belt, whatever the case may be. And I'm not saying that they're not great courses, but at the end of the day, the way I look at the production of a product, which these courses are products, you have to, uh, I start off first with a desired result. What do I want this product to produce? So rather than teaching you all the things and who knows what's going to happen at the end, I say, no, 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 no. I say, what do I want at the end? And then how do I develop the product to get that to happen? That's the way I run the academy. So what? There's too much responsibility placed on the student. The student has to figure all this stuff out. Mm-hmm. It's not your job to figure that stuff out. That's what my job is. I'm the instructor. I know what I know what takedowns are, are the highest percentage. I know what guard passes are high. I know what battles to find the guard pass. Now, mm-hmm. right, right. I, I, I'm the one that knows how to how to staple arms. I'm the one that knows how to control the hands. I'm the one. I'm the one that can make the job happen? Why am I just throwing all these moves at you? Here's a step-by-step. So people are sitting there kind of zoomed in to the step-by-step nature, not being able to zoom out and say, okay, what is the purpose of this battle? Why am I learning an arm lock? Why am I learning an arm lock as a beginner in a real fight? Am I going to be arm locking people where the guy's going to be biting the back of my leg (laughs) off? Is that is that a primary submission for somebody in a street fight? Bar, arm bars. Should you even go for an arm bar? Yeah. Or can I put like a kimura? Chemore? Kimuras are good. You know, you know. There's certain moves. There's a better application. Sure. People are just teaching you moves. Oh, here's the hook sweep because it's possible. Or here's the sickle sweep or whatever because it's possible. It's possible. To a beginner, a white belt guy can't even put his feet on the hips. Yeah. Guy can't even start. He's like, everything's happening so fast. You're going to remember, you're expecting that guy to be able to go step by step when his mind is in panic mode. Think about that. The first thing I teach is, okay, presence. What is possible here? What are we trying to achieve? Listen, I don't, sometimes I say, just get my hand to the ground. I don't care how you do it. Sometimes you figure it out on your own. There's only one way to do it. Sometimes you figure it out and, you know, sometimes I got to let you fail so that when I give you the answer, it's more appreciated and then it sinks in. Then you can't do it the other way. Why would you do it the other way when this one way works so well? We start with those things first. I'm not teaching sense. you moves. Yeah. So then what do I do? So I'm giving you a way of thinking, the mindset. I call it JVOS. JVOS. That's the mindset, a way of thinking about the problems. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I say, okay, I'm going to start a timeline of events from me. Okay, where do we start the timeline? Well, there's 18 different versions, 18 different starting points. Each is a, each is a positional perspective. Okay. Striking offense is a positional perspective. Striking defense is a positional perspective. Take down offense is a perspective. Take down defense is a perspective. Do, do you understand? No. Side mount top, side mount bottom, guard no. top. So I break everything up into eighteen pers- uh, positional perspectives. Each positional perspective has a central path. The central path is the primary attack or defensive strategy. What works best first? Now, who's saying that it works best? Me. Prove me wrong. Let's get in there a hundred times. Let's see what happens. Okay. I'm going to win. After about 50, 60 times, you're going to be like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. That okay, okay. makes sense. I'm telling you, there's only one way to do things. There's only one way. All of these options, all this complication, inversion. Of... For young people that want to have fun, great. I don't want to have fun. Yeah. I want to win. Yeah against everybody yeah. at the highest level and and when you understand things on a mechanical level whether it's hodger gracie or whether it's hoiler Gracie, right the two the two kind of size extremes yeah. right it doesn't matter because they have two arms two legs two ankles there's still m- m- mechanics there's still basic mechanics in the body and and um and there's configurations and either they will be able to do something or they will not. Either I will be able to do something. So these are I call these binary choices, binary decisions. Either it's gonna happen or it's not. Now, the battle is the battle. How do we win the battle? So we win, we win more than we lose. And if we understand when we lose that we can lose earlier, maybe we don't put all our eggs in that basket fighting that battle because we know we're baking ourselves. I call that baking when you're working super hard and I'm just chilling, I'm baking you. Yeah. I put you in the oven, 350, and I wait twenty minutes. <laughs> right.
2: That's what Chris Howder so used to do, do, do to me back in the day, because that's my teacher. Yeah. So we'd be in the garage. He'd just be poosh.
1: Yeah, yeah. First time I, I, I really talked to him, I got a chance to 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 roll with him a little bit. Yeah. And um yeah, I'm i I'm a fan of what he's doing. We, we speak we kind of speak the same language. Yeah. Kinda of speak the same language, so you know. Um it's, I mean, if you want to learn how to defend yourself, you can't go to, you know, I mean, I don't want to say something wrong, but don't, don't, don't say you're selling something you're not.
2: Hey, I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, we, I get in trouble Absolutely. on this podcast all the time. We have people, <laughs> we, we have fans, but we also have some enemies just because I say the same thing. Uh <laughs> That's why I don't want
1: to do a podcast. If people ask me the questions, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say it. Yeah. But you know, I try to be respectful. I try to be respectful. Because you know what? I was there. Yeah. I was yeah. there. Eventually everyone's gonna catch up and they're gonna be like, Javi was right. That's what I hope. That's what I hope. That's that's kind of what what I hope. Like, man, he or he was really onto something. Yeah. I wanna leave a lasting impact because there there was a good chance i wasn't going to be here. So, okay, so let's talk about the scale. Yeah. So, i give you 18 perspectives, i give you the mindset, 18 starting points and a central path.
2: There you go.
1: That's easier than here's a sweep from side. Now at least we have a strategy. No matter where we land in any configuration, there's a strategy. Yes. There's a go-to. Right. I call it default behavior. Okay. When you land on your back, are you landing like this or are you landing like this? Right. Default behavior. When you first started, you were just landing like whatever. Right. And then you started realizing that, that things weren't going good when you were landing particular ways. So then you start kind of tightening up and, and everything starts conforming into what functions. That's what I'm saying. We're all going to learn. We're all going to come back and figure out that we, we've been working way too hard. We've been. Work- you saw that with the guard pass, oh, right? Yeah. You, we're, we're working too hard. Yeah. We're working too hard. People are working so hard. That's why they have to be in such great shape. And you know, what's the desired result? Universal comfort, punch defense throughout, highly effective, highly efficient. You know, consistent results. That's what you want. That's what I want. So then you build a program that generates those kinds of desired results. And then I kind of timed it because it's hard, you know, it was hard. Um, it, it took me a minute to kind of to kind of get things going. <laughs> I had some I had some, had some, some de- de- detours in my life. But um, um, about three months, three to, three to four months, you start seeing significant improvements in students, about three or four months, you know. So, in 2011, I started writing 16 books. Um, Those gave me the kind of framework, the starting point for organization. I kind of listed everything I did. Mm. So, the books were 1,400 pages. I wrote 1,400 pages or something like that. It was ridiculous. It was was like 500,000 words. It was ridiculous. So I wrote everything down. So then when I would go into the position, because I've always done it this way. So I'd go to the position and then like started to kind of generate what the central path would be. I usually I, I used to start with the easiest move first and then the hardest moves towards the end. But that 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 I I I do what works best first, and now I, I, I flow off of off of um, the central path I generate a timeline of events rather than going well this is the easier this is the easiest move it's not the one that works the best but it's the easiest no let's do the one that works the best so that's kind of the difference so then when covid hit I started filming so I I I I started filming with gopros mm. and I was you know figuring it out and and um you know, didn't have a, a big budget, you know, but I got a couple GoPros and I started filming classes that that library of content, which is about a year or so, year and a half of filming. It's about between seven and eight and 800 videos. I think it's about 700, 750 videos that that library is right now being edited. JVOS is out. JVOS is I can give you guys the links you guys can share if you yeah. want. JVOS is out. It's a mindset program. It's about seven hours. Okay. A friend of mine who's a black belt who bought it said, This is the the best instructional I've ever seen. This is by far the best instructional. And he was a black belt. He was a black belt. I've been training like 25 years. So So he's like, This is the best instructor I've ever seen. So that was very nice of him. Um, uh, That GoPro library that has like a man, a bunch, like just me teaching for 700 700 videos, Um, is what I call JVTV. So that's my subscription service. So each chapter is a particular subscription a month. Uh, Right now they're between like five bucks a month for some chapters and then um, 20 bucks a month for the bigger chapters Mm. and and the bigger chapters have like 60 videos. Gotcha. So once we get all of these done, they should be done hopefully by the end of the year, the, you know, all of JBTV. it's not the complete everything, but there's, there's a lot, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. So then I ended up getting, um, some nicer cameras and, and a stand and some lights and, and like kind of upgraded the production stuff. And then I've been filming that and I've got about six terabytes of that organized, categorized. And from that library, I am piecing together the central path, basic mechanics, maintenance and recovery, like all of, all of the stuff it's already filmed. We're getting J- the first phase. out. Well, the first phase is out. JBTV is out or excuse me. JBOS is out. Phase two is, is getting all of J, JVTV out. And then phase three will be releasing the central path for each chapter. And, um, and then somewhere in there, I will, I will release maintenance and recovery. Um, and um, maintenance and recovery and basic mechanics. Gotcha.
2: That's really awesome.
1: So that's, that's the project.
2: That way they everybody's gonna have something to go to, and they can kind of like pick where they want to start and kind of build from there that's amazing that's uh
1: one chapter at a time, yeah. so it's more absorbable yeah like, like when I look at the whole thing it's 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 too much, it's too overwhelming, but if you kind of simplify by position and then you give the mindset first yeah. We don't, we're not giving the mindset first. Some academies do. The Gracie Academy does, right? Some people do, but the vast majority of you don't. It's, it's not, hey, let's think about this. Let's be calm. Let's understand the motion. Let's understand that there's a, you don't have to be reacting for everything, that everything. You can kind of bring things to you mm-hmm. rather than you chasing after things. There's a lot of things you can bring to you rather than you chasing. So bringing things to you, you're generating. Chasing, you're panicking and reacting. Or excuse me, you're reacting. So the mental part, Hickson talks about it a bunch. You know, certain Gracies talk about it a bunch. You know, you know guys like John Danner talk about mindset a lot. Right. So the, the, there's and what makes, you know. Mindset people different is because I can teach you one concept and it changes everywhere. Yes. It changes everything you're doing because it changes the way you think about the problem. Those are the breakthroughs. I've been getting breakthroughs like that in the past five years, like several a year, like like th- that hook pass mm-hmm. is a breakthrough. Um, um, turn prevention was a huge breakthrough. Um, the level at which I'm controlling people's hands, that was a huge breakthrough. Arm traps were a breakthrough. Like massive, massive, massive changes in my game because of the way I think about the problems. So that's what I'm saying, like, when you understand the power of what JVOS does, it starts to give you, it, it, I'm rewiring the way you think about, I'm rewiring your mind mm. to think about things differently from a positional perspective. That's awesome. And that's the goal.
2: That's, uh, I, I think that that's so important because, you know, you have that, you have people complaining all the time. Uh, and, you know, I think there's a reason why with jujitsu, it's it's such a low retention rate. You know, what do they say? Like 10 percent make it ever go from white to blue because there there isn't that mindset that's taught. There's I think it's it's too random. You know, I organize things very similar to what you're saying. Like I only teach positionally. Um, I, It's probably a little bit different than how you do. I, I teach one position a month, so I don't mix. I don't mix positions in the sense that I don't in one month, we're not doing, you know, half guard, open guard, closed guard. It's just like if I'm doing I do kind of like what you're saying. So I have uh, an offensive month and defense month, basically like a bottom top type of thing. So Mm -hmm. like if we're focusing, like, say, on the half guard top, that's what we're working on for the entire month. Plus, we have a particular takedown associated with it. Um, but I weave the concepts through the whole time because it's always that concept of grappling for fighting. So the concept doesn't change. And then it very similar to what you're saying. We're focusing on kind of, I don't want to say the path of least resistance, but a certain type of simplicity because, you know, Chris Howder was my coach for so many years, right? That's my mentor. That's my coach. Then the other 50% of me is Billy Robinson. I have the catch wrestling side of things mm-hmm. so there's a catch wrestling perspective uh, that I got from Billy Robinson Fujiwara um, that has a little bit different of a perspective but to me it's like two heads of the same coin so it's very complementary so I'm always looking for things that are complementary that when they mm-hmm. fit when they fit together what kind of to what you're saying what is that central path my goal is always how do we dominate from a particular position and how do we, how do we kind of close that gap to where there's an understanding of conceptually, what do you need to do? And I, and it's funny that you're talking about the the hands because I always say, one thing I say to the students all the time is if you win the hand fight, you're going to most likely win the position. If you lose the hand fight, you're going to lose the position. (laughs)
1: The hands are the key to the fighting. It is. It really is. I, when, when I fought MMA, look at my guard. I just control people's hands. Yeah. Control, the, control the distance. Control the rhythm. Control the hands. Yeah. You control those things. You control the whole fight. Like, if you can't get to me because my striking is too good or you can't keep me off of you because, because I'm too good at closing distance, control the distance, right? Yeah. Control the rhythm. I can put on a pace, making you continuously make decision after decision. There's no breaks when, when you're rolling with me. There's no breaks. <laughs> there's no breaks. There is always going to be. I'm always making you feel like you're in a state of reactiveness. And there's a way to do it. Mm. So if you're oh, you don't like let a white belt pass. It. Oh, you just totally chill. There's always gonna be a sense of I gotta hold here, I gotta I gotta push there. If you if you completely go limp, I adjust and it gets worse. Red light, green light. Mm. JVOS concept. I talk about red light, green light. It's not it's it's when you go. Yeah. It's when you go that makes the difference. Yeah. If if he's trying to go, and I'm trying to go. Now we're racing. But if you go and I stop you, and then you relax, and then I go, how are you going to catch me? I'm going, I'm traveling through space and time while you are sitting there resting. We're using the same time, but we're using that same time differently. Mm -hmm. You're using it to rest. I'm using it to advance. But now you can't come back. <laughs> so under, that's, that's red light, green light. Understanding when to move is so vital. You're yeah. not taught that. You know why you're not taught that? Because there's a clock on the wall. You got to go 100% the whole time. People don't aren't allowed to relax. Mm-hmm. But when you take away the time, now you have to conserve. Yes. Now you're going to be like, do I really want to explode out of this situation? So now, without the time, now I am altering the way you think. The last time I bridged, I was almost out. It was so close. And then I failed. <laughs> do you think I could have stuffed it? Or I allowed that to happen so the next time you try it again, When you fail the second time, you're even more mentally diffused. So I am fighting battles in a particular way where I am psychologically attacking you. And I know I am very confident. I'm very sure that you're going to do what I say you're going to do because you have to rest at some point. How much energy do you want to spend? Like if you're breaking as hard as possible, twisted position, real awkward, and I'm chilling on top. I'll let that go as long as I want, as long as possible. I want you to do it more. Yeah. So now we are both in a position where you are doing exactly what I want and you're doing what you want. So of course you're going to do it. I want you to do it. You want to do it. Don't, don't those things seem like they're kind of in flow? They kind of... Yeah who's controlling what you're doing is the problem yeah
2: no I, I love that it's 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 so similar it's like preaching to the choir i, I love that because i i really think the same way so let me let me ask you a question i'm very curious you know there's a lot of um still to this day and i don't know why there's this drama and controversy between gi and no gi so i'm just curious like in terms of your perspective, how much do you teach in the gi versus no gi? Do you have a preference? Do you think there's a benefit to doing each?
1: Uh, I teach about 50 50. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the gi just gets in the way for me because I do the same things without the gi. I, I believe that the gi, the illusion of option from the gi complicates the game. Mm. I believe that when you understand where to control the foot, where to control the knee, where to control the, the, the ankle, where to control the wrist, where to control the hands with proper leverage and, and, and stickiness and all this, you don't need to grab everything. When you grab here, it allows for too much movement. When I grab here, it does not. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of like painting you into a corner. Do you understand oh, what yeah. I'm saying?
2: Absolutely. Here,
1: there's so much movement. I'm grabbing to get here. But look at the amount of problems and, and disruption. Yeah. That's it. So you don't have to know all of these options. You just grab the wrist, put the arm behind their back. Very simple. So I don't need so not like it's like trimming the fat. Like, do I even need all this? Mm-hmm. Now, is it good to kind of learn how to defend? It kinda of gives you a different element because you gotta work. Yeah, great. I don't like the idea. I mean, I kinda of like the idea where, you know, for sweeps. I think the gi is good for sweeps, mm-hmm. but for everything else it's kinda of like oh too complicated, you know? Um, I think it's, its benefits are, it's good to understand how to feel controlled when you're in a gi because the gi does offer higher levels of control in some in some instances mm-hmm. where people are able to grab and hold forever. Um, um, I think it's good to learn how to move in the, in, the, in the cloth. It's uncomfortable, but understanding how to move in the cloth and how to kind of um, navigate the cloth and get around it and, and things of that nature, that's cool. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I don't like it as much as I used to. Mm. Um, but you know, it's, it's, I'm, it's, I'm glad I learned. Yeah, You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm glad I learned. I think there's a benefit to it. I think it makes everything look cleaner. I think there's a certain bit of, uh, uh, Kind of sanitariness to the gi, where, where it's not skin to skin and stuff, so it's, a, it's it makes people feel a little bit safer wearing the gi. Yeah. So that's okay too. Um. I just think that you can solve the vast the vast majority if you if you can solve the problems no gi the, the problems of the gi is you know I don't like the the this it's too much it's just too much <laughs> just like guys looping you around they're renaming guards that have been around for twenty yes. years it, 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 it's. The culture, I guess, it's a, the young kids. Those young,
2: kids. yeah, they want to change the they change the names. I mean, to me, I look at it. You know, I, I have a similar perspective. I do teach fifty fifty. You know, so half time in the gi, every other day gi, every other day no gi. But I would say ninety percent of what I teach in the gi is applicable no gi. The only time it's it's yeah. not is if I'm using a particular lapel grab or sleeve grab yep. for my judo throws when I'm teaching ju- the the judo aspect, but When Mm -hmm. we're not wearing the gi, I just teach an alternative handle, you know, a no-gi grip or handle to do the same throw, you know, but I I don't, I do not in any way, shape or form teach any type of sport jujitsu. I do not teach inverting. I don't teach. It's too too easy to beat that. And I think it's dangerous and the perspective of, well, how is this going to get work? How is this going to work if you get kicked in the face or punched in the head? And it doesn't. It simply does not work, and
1: the issue. So why waste your why life? waste your
2: time? Because when you, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. yeah you know, and these guys that want they want to hold the grips and they just want to stall, so they're just grabbing the sleeve. I was talking to a guy at that at that uh, you know black belt exchange. He's like, well, when I get the grip, I'm not letting it. I, when I grab the sleeve, I'm not letting it go. I go, well, what's the point of that? He's like, well, I'm not letting anybody advance. I don't want anybody to do anything to me. I'm like, well, what are you doing to them? He's like, well, I'm holding them. I'm like, and? and? Yeah, but then what? Exactly. That's what <laughs> I asked then, him, then what? He's like, well. Yeah, well, we haven't thought through that. Yeah. Much. And I was just like, oh, that doesn't make any sense to me. And so, you know, it's just like, he's just like, well, my, my hands hurt now. They're all arthritic and this and that.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing. Your knuckles get destroyed. Yeah. I stopped that when I was a blue. I stopped that when I was like a purple ball. I'm like, <laughs> forget this crap. My hands, all my knuckles are starting to hurt. I'm like, dude. Yeah. I got that, that. That's what I'm saying. Eventually they're going to realize where I'm at and they're going to be like, all right, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need I, it.
2: I mean, I play, guitar- you can roll it and
1: not have to be grabbing things you know? all the time. That's going to, that's going to massacre your hands. Yeah.
2: And it's just like, I, I need to play guitar every day. I have, I have too many guitars that need to be played and I have music that I work on and stuff. I'm like, I can't do that. I can't wreck my fingers. You know? Yeah. So
1: they that, they, that, they, they, uh one thing one thing is the sustainability and the longevity of, of the mindset of sport jiu-jitsu. This is part of the of the problem, I mm-hmm. believe. In order to do sport jujitsu at a high level, and I think and I did at the highest level, right? In order to do that, you have to be training five, six times a week. You have to be dieting and eating the right things in, in order for you to, to have the good lifestyle, right? You shouldn't be drinking. You shouldn't be smoking. You shouldn't be partying, yeah. right? You, you're an athlete. So you got to live an athlete lifestyle. You got to be doing your strength and conditioning, right? Yeah. You got to be working your technical. You got to be working your conditioning. You got to be, and then you got maintenance and recovery on top of that. You should be getting massage. You should be getting, you should be getting, um, you know, t- t- any, any issues for injuries, scraping, all of these things. In order to sustain that lifestyle, it's, it's a high work rate. And the higher you're working, the, the shorter the time, just like energy. The harder you go, the less time you have at that exertion of energy. So they're pushing a lifestyle where it's, it's a hard lifestyle. So people quit. And it's not that they're quitting jujitsu; jitsu It's that they're quitting the lifestyle. They don't want to compete. They don't want to get hurt. They can't be getting their ankles broken because they got a job and a family. So it's 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 a very um, dangerous lifestyle on top of that, right? Jiu-jitsu is already dangerous. If you're going to yeah. compete, it's even more dangerous. Absolutely. Right? So the sustainability is of just like time. You're limited. Six minutes of, of your life is jiu-jitsu. I want my whole life to be jujitsu. So there needs to be a prolonged, sustainable way of training and thinking and living in order for you to be able to do it longer. If you're just thinking, go hard, you can't sustain that forever. That's why people quit because they're going too hard and then they just kind of max out or they get hurt or they're like, oh, it's not worth it or it's too dangerous or it's you know, whatever or life takes over, you know they're having a baby, they get married, they move out of state, whatever the whatever the, the reasoning is, um, the intensity. Jujitsu is soft. Jujitsu slow. Jujitsu is a meditation. Jujitsu is not a sprint because I can roll with whoever, and they're going to come at me hundred percent. Do I care if he passes my guard? No. So I'll fight him a little bit. If he's hell bent on passing my guard, great. Pass my guard. Now what? Now they hold me. Great. Now what? Mm. Now they, they go to mountain. I make the mountain battle. Okay, now they mount me. Now what? They try to get out, boom. I get out, put them back in guard. So then what do they do? They go berserk again to pass my guard. <laughs> now what? Now they go to mount. Now they mount again. I escape now. Back to guard. Now what? Now they settle. Everybody settles at some point. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna? Are you gonna get the side mount and try to finish me from side mount? Let's play the game there. Let's see. Let's go frame by frame and side mount. Oh, you're gonna mount. Okay, you mount. Okay, great. Now what? Tap me from here. No. At some point, you're gonna settle. Yeah. So these guys that are going so fast. They're like driving in a the car. Like, Everything's passing. I stop, settle, look, have some call, have some tea, <laughs> chill. I am spending time in my positional perspective, mm. whatever it is—side mount, bottom, guard, bottom, whatever. I'm in this perspective as an observer. What are you going to do? How can I do this? I know so I have some basic ideas of what I'm trying to do. Like the arm trap. Did you see the, what, that arm trap I did from yes. guard? Yeah, very cool. Game changer. No. <laughs> Anyways, you start with that. I, like I said, I just give you some basic ideas. Just, just, just do this. Just do this. And then, and then watch the reaction. Watch the j- behavior that you were generating. Oh, they got their arm out. How did they get their arm out? They pull their, sh- their arm out. Okay, hold the shoulder on that. So the next time trapped, you trap your arm, you hold the shoulder. Now they can't pull the arm out. Now the arm is stuck. Now what? Mm. <laughs> so you have to enter these perspectives, understand and see what's possible. Oh, this guy did this, this, this. This guy did this, this this. This guy did, this, this. this guy did this, this. This buddy did this too. Okay, so now I know this is possible. I've been there. I haven't seen anybody do anything new forever. Now you have reached what I call a positional threshold. Mm. The limitations of the position or the maximization of the position. You can only do so much. Right. Once you understand those limitations, there's nothing to fear. And now things start to slow down because there's only so much. Yeah. So now you're able to slow things down. You're able to calm your mind. It gives your mind a sense of peace.
2: Yeah, it's very cool.
1: So it's calming the mind down yeah. that allows us to, t- to, to render its full power. Removing the time allows you to render its full power and allow for a more sustainable way of living, a more sustainable way of thinking. Do I get hurt? Yeah, I dislocated my finger. Accidents happen. I got my knee bump. Yes, accidents. You know, things happen. You recover. You allow time. You continue to train and work around the injury. You're very conscious of your body, you take care, you do massage, you do your stretching, you do your ice I'd love to have a, one of those tubs, but I don't have one of those tubs. I'd love to have one of those tubs. I think, I think it's beneficial. Um, I've done it a couple of times. I thought it was very, very beneficial. Um, understanding that you have to be able to go at your pace in jiu-jitsu and make it sustainable so you can do it for 50, 60, 70 years. Yes. Right, however long. So you know, there's there's a lot to what don't says. He's like, my grandfather was 90, like still doing this. And and Keaton goes, I want. I remember <clears throat> not the, a couple times ago, um, maybe about six months ago, I saw him. <clears throat> I went to go visit him, and same thing. He, he says, he goes, he goes, he goes. It's incredible because he's known me for a while, right? He goes, it's incredible to me that you're, you're, you're at where you're at, at the level of knowledge where you're at, and then he's like, you're still trying to get better. He goes, I just want to stay as good as I am now forever. He goes, you're trying to continuously push and get better. I'm like, I will reach positional threshold. The technique will reach positional threshold. I am close to positional threshold in, uh, uh, I'm clo- as a complete home in each position. Sideman I'm I'm at positional threshold. Guard <clears throat> I'm I'm changing the the way I think about control within guard um, a little bit. But um, kind of hit my my plots you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, you can take these four central path Avenues, and then they eventually they can can merge later on, or they kind of interlace together, so it becomes a long timeline of events. Um, guard is very complex. When I wrote the books, Guard Bottom was like the longest one; it was like 500 pages or something, was, because the amount of options is kind of limitless. So, so I'm trying to kind of um, simplify what the options are, get to a, get to a consistent place. That's why that arm trap is so big, because if I can consistently get to that arm trap, and I can kind of limit the amount of what they can do, and then kind of narrow in. Like that guillotine, how are you going to stop it? Yeah, it's tough. How are you going to stop it? Stop. Yeah. Talk to stop. Not that you can't. And if you do stop it, I still have the option of your other yeah. arm. Because in order for you to stop it, that other arm's got to come yeah. in. So there's only so much you can do. So I, put, I try to put myself in these positions. Um, there's so many positions that are bypassed. We just bypass the position. And it's an amazing position to, to, to finish from and work from and, and make the guy's life miserable from. I'm making your life miserable the whole time. From the second I touch you, you will work. You will not be. You will not feel comfortable. It's not going to feel fun. It'll be fun because it's a it's a decision based game. But there is constant pressure. You're not going to be in a state of 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 um, relaxation. And I believe that that has a psychological effect on people. You can do it through tension. You can do it through pressure. You can do it through rhythm. You can do it through the how often are you making decisions? Mm-hmm. Are you making decisions like this? That's pretty easy and sustainable. What if I'm making you make decisions like this? Yeah. Or like this. So now your mind goes from boom to boom to boom. Yeah. So I, because I'm controlling the rhythm, I'm controlling how often you are making decisions. I'm controlling your mind. Yeah.
2: It's. Uh... Very, very similar to how how I teach. I I teach it based on, I always talk to them about what's called in musical terms, polyrhythms. So if you have somebody that's constantly staying in one beat, like one, two, three, four, start disrupting their beat so they can't have a consistent rhythm and change what they're doing based on if you start hitting off beats or hit multiple beats in between what they're doing, it completely throws them off.
1: Yeah, when they're starting to try to recover, right? there, there's something I call a regulation breath. I keep you from taking that breath. What is a regulation breath? The regulation breath is that breath that you get. Say, for example, you're trying to pass somebody's guard and you get to their neck. Mm. Now you can hold <sighs> that breath. Mm. I don't want you to take that breath. The breath that clears the bottom of the lungs. So the longer I can keep you from taking that breath, the oxygen keeps building up more or the carbon dioxide, keeps keep building up more and more and more and more and more. And your mind to a certain point starts to go, we got to get out of here. We got to hustle. Yeah. I can feel it. I can feel the burn. I got to make an adjustment. It's an unsustainable tension. Yeah. So you have to adjust in order for you to clear. <sighs> so I'm listening to your breath. And now you're, the other thing is, is um, positioning yourself in a way where I'm very suggestive, where I'm suggesting that you go in a particular way so that we can start a particular battle because that particular battle suits me
2: that's cool. how often notes so let me ask you this um, when you guys are training at your school, how much uh stand up grappling are you doing
1: um Trying to figure that out. Um, I can teach wrestling all day, every day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. That's what I started with was yeah. wrestling. But what I started to realize about wrestling was when they started to wrestle, um, guys would start getting hurt. It's too high impact, mm. and we can drill. But guys are like, oh, you know, you wrestle hard on Monday, like you're sore Wednesday, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they come back like Thursday, like like their whole week is gone. They're sore all week. So, um, the solution that I'm that I think I'm going to have to come up with with this problem or to this problem is um, what I'm doing in the competition class Mm -hmm. that I teach on Saturdays is starting on our feet. Picking a particular takedown and then following the takedown through to the tr- to the ground transition. Yeah. So that way, I'm linking the timeline from standing into the passing sequence, rather than just just to get the takedown. No, I'm, I'm going from the takedown into the you know a, 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 a positive finishing um, position or a position of absolute advantage, if I can really. But um, the problem is how hard wrestling is on the body. That's the problem. It's not my problem. It's just, it's just the problem. Um, so I think that maybe combining the takedown part into, um, into into the competition class is one solution. The other solution is before the wrestling class, what I was doing was I would just spend two weeks standing and it would just be like drilling, right? Like, and, then, and then we'd spar at the end. Instead of wrestling at the end, we would just spar yeah. at the end um that way it starts giving the student a little bit of confidence on the feed they're able to move around a little bit they kind of have some basic ideas of where their hands and their head are supposed to be and how to sprawl and and, you know at least a, a basic understanding on how to stop stop a leg shot gotcha yeah we um the way i set it
2: up is so we do stand up every day but it's I break things down into, and it's like about 50% of the class actually, but I break it down into basically three components. So we have the static drills. So it's like we're drilling that particular stand up grapple static. Then we have the dynamic portion where you have live resistance, but measured live resistance. So nobody's allowed to do anything 100%. I'm talking about 10%, 20% live resistance. Yeah. Then, you know, we're, doing that takedown or whatever into uh, something on the floor. Then when we hit the position on the floor, we do that. Then at the end of class, we kind of put it all together. But it's it's not any type of like, okay, big kumite, full-blown fight. You know, I don't allow that. So it's still, even when we're doing it dynamically, uh, you know, towards the end of class and we put everything together from the stand-up to the ground – It's still very, you know, measured movement. So you have that dynamic approach, but it's, it's, it's enough to push you, but enough and less so where you can still come back the next day to train because ideally I want everybody to come back the next day to train. Right. So it's just stuff, stuff like that, that I, that I do to kind of keep it going because, you know, they always, you know, there was that, that, uh, I don't know that marketing thing all the time. Well, 80% of the fights end start on the ground or end up on the ground. I'm like, well, 100% of fights start standing. So if you don't know the stand up yeah. aspect, if you don't know how to hand fight standing, right? This gets back into the the <laughs> your, your your whole mindset of you have to know the hand fight. Well, you have to know how to hand fight standing. You know how to have to know how to close the distance standing. I prefer to teach from with the my judo and also with the no-gi I actually prefer teaching from a Greco perspective because I believe that the Greco entries are far more effective um, for controlling somebody on the ground. And I don't want somebody getting stuffing my shot and then knee me in the head. So um, it's all about entries, underhooks, overhooks. How do I take a clinch properly? How do I, you know, how, how, what is a proper collar tie? What is a proper hip bump? Like basic things that nobody learns. These are the things that we work Yeah, on. clinch fighting. Right yeah. Basic clinch fighting. Basic clinch, fight. clinch fighting that nobody learns. Nobody yeah, practices.
1: I, how about basic wall fighting?
2: Yeah, that, that's yeah. what we do that too. But nobody yeah. learns that. Nobody practices it. Yeah, again.
1: I mean, I, I, I try to, I try, like if I feel like, because what I'm doing as I'm teaching is I, I am running through a machine, yeah. <clears throat> but I'm also watching the product. And, and sometimes I notice that some chapters they're looking pretty good and other chapters need more attention so i'll just kind of reverb you know regurgitate and, and spend a little bit more time on a particular chapter if i feel that the stand up is really lacking yeah. oh and, and also i do stand up in the mma in my mma okay, class cool. so we we do stand up there too i mean um and and, and we do striking on wednesday uh, yeah no we do mma on wednesdays and that encompasses everything so i'll do ground and pound punch defense i'll do um um clinching open 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 uh, air clinching and then wall clinching um, wall fighting, uh, getting pinned against the wall, like so. I cover all that stuff in an MMA class, oh, cool. right? And then I cover, I'll cover takedowns and transitions in um, the competition class. So I mean, I, I guess I, I still do yeah. a, a fair bit of stand-up. I, some schools don't do anything. So.
2: I, I'd say most don't do anything. Uh, again,
1: <laughs> applicability. but that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, what are we, what are we doing this for? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're just teaching moves. They're not, they don't see a big picture of where we're we going. They're just kind of the ship is just going. They're not seeing. Oh, we're going. We're going
2: into a direction where this, nothing's working. Yeah, no, yeah, hundred percent <laughs> yeah. correct. You know, I, I've told this story many times and I'll, I'll share it with you because I, I do think it's interesting and I feel bad for Ed. He's been frozen this whole time and he hasn't even asked any questions. But so years ago, this was at least 10 years ago, uh, you know, I was training with uh, Marcel Lozato. We had a gym here in Orange County and uh, Buchecha was sent had gone up to AKA to quote train with Kane Velasquez and those guys and help Kane and Luke Rockhold and all these guys for their fights because he's Mr. World champion, this and that and the other thing. Two days into it, he comes back crying. And prior to that, I'm literally
1: in the gym. <laughs> now check this out. I'm in the gym. The co- I'll tell you. Good. I'll tell you. Keith, we tough okay. Time. I'll probably, okay. I, I, I have my opinions on who probably They all do the
2: So I'm literally there. Marcel on the phone, on speakerphone, a.k.a. calls him to try and calm Buchecha down because Bucecha was crying because he got his ass handed to him. Okay?
1: MMA, MMA, MMA grappling is grappling's
2: different. different. And this is what I try and tell people. This is why I do not teach sport jiu-jitsu. We teach. I do grappling for fighting, because he even went on to say, as soon as he goes into one championship, what did he say? Eighty-five percent of my jujitsu, I had to throw out the window. It didn't work. Hello, hi.
1: We're all going to reach the same point. You guys, everyone's going to, everyone's going to say it's it's controlling the hands and and understanding the. So it's it's such a difficult thing to do, right? That's the perception is that, that controlling people's hands is such a difficult thing to do. So avoid it yeah <laughs> so what no you gotta, you gotta go okay this is a skill that has to yeah, happen absolutely let's let's spend our days worried about worrying about that because no matter who we come across if 90 percent of the problems that you're going to give me 95 percent of the problems you're going to give me it's because of your hands that's what we got to that's where we got to focus our energy absolutely so couldn't agree with you more yep let's see and I think that, again, application of, uh, there's several ways to trap people's hands. Yeah. There's not just one. There's, there's, there's lots of ways to trap people's hands. <laughs> there's a lot of ways. Guys that roll with me know. There's a lot of ways he chops traps your hands in a bunch of different ways. <laughs> yeah. I think, and then what starts happening? Yeah. So, and and it's not just me. It's not like I'm just in a in in, in I'm in my own you know my own crazy bubble. I, I am in, technically in my own in my own little bubble because I'm 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 the direction that that the information that I've I've been blessed with has has taken me is so different. When when we went to that black belt mm-hmm. thing, yeah, I was seeing. You know, the same old thing, same, same kind of mentality, same kind of mindset, same kind of, because that's the way the value. And I'm not knocking guys. It's just, I was there, you know, 25 years, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, however long it's been. But I see that. I understand the reason why Horian protected Gracie Jiu Jitsu so much. I used to say that's the same thing, right? But it wasn't the same thing. For good, for bad, whether you believe it or you don't, you like it or not, it doesn't matter. Sure. It was different. And the reason it was different was because of the mindset. The biggest difference in the, in the, in the, in the not the split, I don't like to say split, but the, the, the biggest difference in the Gracie family is the mindset. You have Carlos side mindset and you have Elio side mindset. The, the biggest difference is the mindset. Yes, they're breaking the same arms and choking the same necks, but it's the mindset. It's the mindset of you roll with the clock or you roll without the clock. That's the mindset difference. It's it's that it's that, um, it's that that it changes all your decisions. It changes all your application. So it was different. Now, I, I what I, I was fortunate enough to to kind of understand that mindset later the second half of my. Then I learned the first mindset and the first part. So what I did, is I said, well, okay, let's take, let's take both mindsets. Now, how do we make this the best? Well, the competition mindset is the aggressive mindset. It's go after, it's to dominate, it's a, it's, a, it's a control, it's to overwhelm. Alio's like, I can't do that. I can't do any of that. I'm too small. I got to be more patient. I got to use more timing. I got to be more efficient. I got to be more present. I have to control my breath. I have to not panic because guys are crushing me. I think they both have benefits. So then you go, okay. So then I come along and I go, okay. Well, you have a super hyper aggressive mindset with the mindset of be patient, relax. And I say, hmm, well, let's figure out what works best. What, what, what's more efficient? What, what, what is most consistent? What is going to give me peace of mind? What is highly effective? And if I land in a bad spot, how to be patient? how to breathe, how to be present. There's lots of ways to beat people. You could overwhelm them or you can counter everything they're doing. Yeah.
2: I love it. I, I think that's awesome. Well, uh, this has been awesome. Uh, I don't even know if Ed, Ed's still been frozen this whole time. So <laughs> no poor guy. I know he had a bunch of questions for you. But I think it's just he's stuck with. So, listeners, Ed has been on this whole time, but his his uh, internet has been frozen this whole time. So
1: he's still on AOL. Yeah, still on
2: AOL. But Javier, this has been amazing. How can people reach you?
1: Um, I have an Instagram, JV Um, I post a bunch of reels and techniques. I've been getting a lot of um some good good feedback on that. So. I'll keep doing that. Um, I have a personal Instagram, the real Javier Vasquez. Um, I'll post like you know pictures of my rides. Sometimes I'll put pictures of my diet, lifestyle, and things of that nature. Um, I will be releasing here shortly. Um, hopefully, I'm, I'm getting the site built right now. Um, JVJiuJitsuOnline.com, okay, and that will have. Um, videos and information about JVOS, what, what is JVOS and, and then, you know, the program that people can purchase, purchase there. And then, um, we're getting the JVTV page up and and getting those links up. So I think I have five chapters of, of JVTV up. So that's the subscription service. So if you're interested in my content, um, you know, you can go subscribe every month to, to the content over there and, that's it for right now. And then
2: your school is for people that don't know.
1: Oh yeah, the 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 Javier Vasquez Jiu Jitsu Academy is in Rancho Cucamonga, California. So um, any you know any 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 information you need about the academy, you can just go to the Instagram and DM the, and then we'll uh, set up your appointments for you to try a class. That's
2: awesome. Well, thank you very much. And listeners, remember www.sanibalsports.com forward slash PCI Jiu Jitsu for 10% off every time you purchase at Sanibel Sports. And this has been amazing. Guys, I'm telling you, I was at this Black Belt exchange. The thing that made the difference was Javier Vasquez. I could have left right after the little group session. I wish I could have gone into each one of his groups because I thought his stuff was amazing. The mindset and the technical stuff he was showing. It's very similar to what I already do and teach. So I love, uh, being reaffirmed that I'm on the right direction. So I'm definitely going to be harassing Javier a lot more, picking his brain, uh, to get this going. Uh, because this guy is a, is an amazing resource for all of you. And I highly encourage you to get out there. If you can go, uh, take a class with him, go do it. If, if you can watch his videos, go do it because uh, this is the real deal, friends. And this is going to save you a lot of time. It's going to save you a lot of time in your grappling career. If you are able to link up with somebody like Javier Vasquez, watch what he's doing. Listen with intent and get it going because his stuff is its elegant, it's beautiful, and you can do it. That's the big difference here, guys. It's stuff uh, very similar to how I teach. It's stuff you can actually do. It's no circus tricks. It's actual grappling for fighting. And this is a guy who has mastered this over the years. So please reach out to Javier Vasquez, go out there, see him. If you can take advantage of all this stuff that he's actually giving to all of us in the grappling community, he's being very generous. He could be keeping all this to himself and his generosity cannot be overlooked so we need to embrace it and uh, follow what he's teaching us and we'll see you next time thank you that's very nice thanks guys